never gets old that I can see because I used to be blind. Never gets old that I can hear because I used to be deaf. But I've been born again of the water and the spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I'm thankful. thankful for a room full of people that hell has lost thankful for a room full of people that remind the devil every single day that when somebody wants to come out he can't hold them when somebody wants to be free he cannot keep them captive Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I like what Brother Clark said. We don't have a Sunday night, so you might as well bring your Sunday night praise on into this morning. You might as well just put both of those praises together. The devil may be expecting us to just have a nice little go through the motion holiday service, but what do you say we knock his lights out this morning? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I like what I feel in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Somebody can be set free this morning. Somebody can come out of spiritual chains this morning. quickly before I get into the word just want to make a brief announcement about tonight Bishop who will be here this evening he's ministering out of town this morning um, continuing to do the work of the Lord there um, he will be here tonight though he is asking that after church that every single person make a post on social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever other socials that you may be on, uh, and that you not just share the post, not just share the event page, but that you make a post. Write some personal words, put some personal details in that post, um, that you comment on each other's posts, like each other's posts. Uh, the more that post is liked and commented on um, that plays in with the algorithms and things of that nature and helps it to spread when I looked last night uh, I haven't looked this morning but when I looked last night 628 people had said they were going to be going or were interested in being here this evening that is far beyond any engagement that we've ever had on an ad that we've run uh, that at least that I can remember. And so we are expecting a big crowd tonight, uh, which, amen. Which means we want you to come ready to make new friends. Pull them into your circle or ignore your circle altogether and just hang out with them. But this is, tonight is as, as important as if they come into the building. When people come on property, we need to show them the love of God. You need to show yourself friendly. Don't just enjoy what we've got coming, but make sure they're enjoying it. And make sure that we put forth a good first impression that they want to come, come back. Um, 
That being said, with there being such a big crowd, we're going to ask you to help us as much as possible with saving parking. We do have a lot that's going to be set up in the parking lots, uh, the food trucks, the axe throwing, the inflatables, the game truck, the basketball goals. Um, and so we're not going to have as much parking as we typically would. So if you can help us, like if you're a family, instead of maybe coming in four or five cars, maybe coming in two or whatever that you can work out, that would be helpful. And then if some are willing to park maybe across the street uh, at the body shop or if some are even willing to get together and say, hey, we'll park at a nearby lot somewhere around the corner. Maybe we run a van and we help to transport people back and forth uh, if anybody wants to volunteer for shuttle service. But uh, whatever we can do, let's take initiative. Um, we're all intelligent people, and let's do what we can to make sure that they're, because we want our guests for sure to have somewhere to park. We don't want them to have to park at a nearby lot. So if you can help us with that, uh, and then he has asked that you please do not bring food with you tonight, uh, that you don't sneak in McDonald's or Taco Bell uh, or steaks in the trunk or whatever that may be. I know there's always some people that say, you know, I just can't eat from a food truck. You're going to live. I've been eating at food trucks for years, and I stand here, yay, this morning, healthy in body. So you will live. We've got different types of food. Surely there's something there uh, that can bless your soul. And we want to support these vendors. It is a witness of the church and of Jesus when we support these vendors like we do. We've already got a couple that will be here that have been here before. The reason they keep coming back is because they like coming to greater faith. So we've got a brand new vendor this year called Weekend Burgers. Um, apparently, I don't really know why it's called that. Maybe because the weekend is the best. And so they're saying their burgers are the best. They're the weekend burgers. Um, but they're going to be here for the first time. We want to just show them who greater faith is. So support them. Support Copper Kitchen, Boss Hog Barbecue. Kona Ice will be here. Um, please, please help support these vendors and help us reach the minimums so that we're the church is not out any money. Uh, I believe that tonight is going to be the greatest Memorial Day event that we've ever had at Greater Faith. I believe it's going to be the biggest crowd. And so be here. It's from 6 to 8. Come early and beyond just making posts on social media, uh, which if every single person in here makes a post, that's going to be a lot of reach. But text some people, call some people, stop by somebody's house. Um, I, I know that we can all get at least one person here tonight. And so I am excited about that. And everybody else say, I'm excited too. Amen. All right. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for people that have come with praise. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this service. It's not just, Lord, a service just to say we had church today. Lord, we're believing something powerful is going to happen as we continue on in this service. We're believing lives are going to be changed. Let our hearts be open. Let our ears hear what the Spirit is saying. God, anoint me as I deliver your word. Lord, I believe something can break out this morning, God. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Let there be faith in this house, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. One more time, would you clap your hands unto him. Today I want to preach to you from this subject, Resolved to Conquer. Resolved to conquer. And you can be seated. Again, we honor those that have given their lives for independence, for the freedom of all men. And this is still the greatest nation on earth. 
and I'm thankful to be a part of this country. And you need to know that Satan Satan hates America. He hates it. We're the last beacon of hope, and he hates the North American Apostolic Church. He hates that we are the funder of global missions, that we send missionaries all over the world, uh, and he's terrified of an end-time revival and harvest coming to America. He is absolutely terrified, um, and I believe there is coming a great revival and a great harvest, the greatest that we've ever seen. Other men have said it, and I echo that again, that we will see an overseas revival and harvest in America before Jesus comes. And so Satan's trying everything he can to destroy this nation. He's trying to steal the freedoms that we have. He's trying to lock down the spirit of this nation. But we are the church, and we are not going to allow the enemy to just come in and have his way. But prayer is going to continue to be made. We're going to continue to preach faith. We're going to continue to be apostolic. And we're going to continue to fight against the spirits of hell that want to destroy this. American patriot Nathan Hill was captured and hung for spying on British troops. And before he was hung, his last words were these. I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. President James Garfield on Memorial Day 1868 at Arlington Cemetery, speaking of fallen soldiers, said this, For love of country, they accepted death. Today I say that if a man can say that I have no regrets about the life that I am about to give up for my country, but my only regret is this, that I can't do it again. My only regret is that I don't have another Life that I can lay on the line for my country. If men have accepted death because of love of country, then as Christians, the cause of Christ should not be too much. As Christians that are a part of the kingdom of God, we should say that I want to make sure that I lay everything down for his kingdom, that I surrender all, that there is nothing that I am not willing to do, that there is nothing that I am not willing to endure. Today I would ask, with the one life that we have been given, how will we spend it? Will we be as daring as those that have fought for this country? Will we be as devoted as they have been? Will, be, will we be willing to forsake all comfort and all convenience for the kingdom of God? And while they have fought physical wars so that men might be free and we honor them today, our calling is even higher than that to fight spiritual wars. So that people might be spiritually free. Today, I ask, will our commitment to spiritual war be as great as their commitment to war in the natural? And on a weekend when we are remembering those that have fallen for this nation, remembering the past soldiers of America, I want to remind us of some of the past soldiers in the Lord's army. Hebrews 11, beginning of verse 33, says, By faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. 
They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Let us not forget the courage of those that have gone before us. Let us remember those who were literally killed in the fight of faith. In modern day America may eventually surrender the freedoms that have been fought for and handed down. There may be a modern day generation in this nation that does not have the courage of past generations of this nation. But the church can never slink back. The courage of those that have gone before us must be the courage that we walk in in this hour. There is a cause, and we cannot surrender the freedoms that we have been handed. We cannot surrender this truth that has been passed to us. If we think that we will make it to where they have made it without having the same courage that they had. If we think that we will hear well done without being able and willing to lay down our lives as they laid down their lives, we fool ourselves today. But we must be exactly who they were and maybe even more, for this is the greatest hour of the church. And the adversaries that we face, perhaps the greatest adversaries that the church has ever faced. If that is our past, then we must be ready to look it in the face and say we are ready to face whatever comes our way. We are ready to give whatever it takes that his truth might continue to march on, that captives might continue to be set free. If you have that willingness today, would you clap your hands? We have to continue to fight because we can personally lose what has been given to us. In the words of Ronald Reagan, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day, he said, we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. Robert Heinlein said, liberty is never unalienable. It must be redeemed regularly with the blood of patriots or it always vanishes. What we have is not a guarantee to go from generation to generation. A love for truth is not passed to our children in the bloodstream. A love for the kingdom of God does not just automatically pass on. Apostolic authority, apostolic dominion, Apostolic revival, apostolic harvest, apostolic breakthrough will not continue on just because one generation or several generations had breakthroughs. But it has to be passed on intentionally. We've got to make sure that we're training up the next generation. We've got to make sure that we are talking to them and telling them that there is no other way. Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. 
Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Parents, we have a responsibility this morning. It is not enough just to bring them to church. It's not enough just to have them in Sunday school. It's not enough just to bring them to youth service. That's the bare minimum. But we've got to be training them at home. We've got to be talking to them about God and his kingdom and this precious truth at home. We've got to talk about it with them when they're laying down getting ready to go to bed. We've got to talk about it with them around the breakfast table before they head on to school. We've got to talk about it with them when we're driving down the road. We've got to teach them what we know. We've got to teach them to pray. Can I encourage a parent today, when you go to the church to pray, don't leave your kid at home to let the Xbox raise them. But would you take them with you to the house of the Lord? It's not enough for you to know how to pray. It's not enough for you to war against the strongholds in this city. But there's a generation that we've got to intentionally put this in. Don't let social media raise your children. Don't let Hollywood raise your children. Don't let the NBA raise your children. But you've got to raise them up. You've got to train them up. You've got to understand that what we have in this place isn't passed to them in the bloodstream. But it's got to be passed intentionally. you got to give them a love for church planting. With a vision that we have to plant 50 churches, you cannot raise up a generation that doesn't have a desire to plant churches, but it's got to be a culture that is established. So if you're only going to two services, you ought to pray. You ought to talk to God. You ought to talk to the bishop. And maybe it's not even for you, but your children, for the future of this church, our children need to have a multi-campus passion. Our children need to get under the yoke. They need to get under the anointing and the unction of God and say, I'm giving my life for this cause. They need to get beyond saying, I'm not just going to go through the motions, but Sunday is going to be the Lord's day from sunup to sundown that I'm willing to do what I've got to do through in the week if I've got to go to two different midweeks there is a cause come on we've got to have a generation that rises up and says we've got to give more than any generation because the hour is late because the harvest is plenteous because Jesus is coming back soon and there are souls that are depending on us it starts at home it starts at home. If your child is lukewarm, if your child is on the way to backsliding, don't look at Brother Matt or Sister Chris. Youth pastors are there to help God, but it starts at home. Trust me, I was a student pastor for almost eight years. And the reality is, and maybe it was my fault, but I really don't think it was. The reality is, if you've got good parents at home, you got a shot. But if you don't, you don't have much of a chance. 90, I'd say 98% probably of young people that are going to make it, they've got somebody at home that is training them up in the way that they should go. They've got somebody at home that's saying, you're going to respect the man of God. You're going to pray. You're not going to be a deadhead in service. They had parents that would say, you're not going to stand there on the front row and look like you ain't got the Holy Ghost. They had parents that said, you ain't going to listen to that. You ain't going to act like that. They had parents that said, you are going to go to youth every single Friday. It don't matter what they're doing. You're going to be there because you need to learn that the kingdom is our life. You need to learn that it is good for brethren to be together in unity. <laughs> Daniel Butler talks about, in his book, The Last Generation of Truth, the trends in organizations. He talks about the trends in denominations, and he says this, the first generation has a trend to grow. The second generation 
has a trend to peak. And the third generation has a trend to decline. He says the first generation has that fervent relationship with God. But the second generation lives out a responsibility to their father's God. They copy their parents' lifestyle. And they embrace the doctrines and behaviors modeled by their parents. But they are more dedicated to their parents' lifestyle than they are to their parents' God. I want to tell some young people, you've got to make your parents' God your God. You can't just do this out of religious tradition because that's what they're telling you to do. Something's got to get a hold of you. There's got to be a fire that begins to burn in. You cannot just follow their lead numbly, but it's got to get in you to where if something were to ever happen to them, you would be unfazed because you say... Their God has become my God. It's no longer just my mom and my daddy's God, but it's my God. They don't just talk with him, but I talk with him. They don't just hear from him, but I hear from him. And he said that third generation is nothing but formal religion. And there begins to be a decline of spiritual values. And devastation. We have to fight to make sure that doesn't happen. That's why there's got to be war in every generation, I believe, because there's got to be a reliance on God. Prosperity is the will of God, but we can't have so much prosperity and so little war that people don't rely on God. A generation that lives in an overflow and does not know war is a generation that will surrender the freedoms that have been passed to them. But we've got to make sure that we are passing it on. And young people, you have a responsibility too. Don't just say, hey, come on, mom and dad, this is on you. No, this is on you too. Do not let the blood of previous generations be in vain. Do not surrender the dominion that we have in this church and in this city right now. Do not throw out the battle cry, battle cry praise that has been 20 years in the making at greater faith. Do not get rid of the stronghold breaking prayer that is a part of greater faith. There's got to be a generation that rises up and says we're going to carry on what has been passed to us. Because what we have here did not happen without great blood, sweat, and tears. And you cannot keep what we have here without great blood, sweat, and tears. There was a day when greater faith didn't have the kind of church that we have become accustomed to. There was a day when we didn't have the kind of moves of God that we have service after service. But there was warfare that was made. There was a day, you say, why do we have pre-service prayer? Because there was a day when there wasn't pre-service prayer going on. There was a day when the bishop and first lady walked into this house and nobody was praying. There was a day when they walked in and it had been maybe some 14 years since somebody had been baptized or been filled with the Holy Ghost and warfare began to be made. I don't know quite where he kneeled, but I've heard the story of Bishop coming in that first service and kneeling down and beginning to pray for that half hour before service. And when he turned around, and no offense to anybody that was here, they were just doing what they knew. But when he turned around, people were just look at him like he had fallen off of a turnip truck. Warfare began to be made and things began to change. People receiving the Holy Ghost like they do now. It wasn't always this way, but there was somebody that said, I'm going to fight. There was somebody that said, I'm going to see the captives set free. And so that is what we do. That is why we do what we do. That is why he preached why revival. Because there was a day when there was not revival. There was a day when the kind of praise that you see going on wasn't always going on. And so that's why we keep on praising. The enemy.
enemy is trying to turn America from being free to talking about when America was once free. And he would love to turn greater faith from a place that has droves receiving the Holy Ghost. That has had years where hundreds and yea, even thousands were filled with the Holy Ghost. He would love to turn us into a church that can only talk about a time when hundreds and thousands received the Holy Ghost. He would love to steal the liberty that is in this place. He would love to take what has been warred for and what has been built up and there's got to be a generation that rises up and says we get it and we're going to keep fighting. There's got to be a generation that rises up and says we will never surrender the liberty that we have gained. So don't stop talking about what it took to get here, elders. I know sometimes we sarcastically talk about those elders that say, in my day, I mean, we walked 10 miles of school in the snow barefoot. But we, uphill, that's right, Brother Swartz, uphill, I left that part out. But we got to have some elders that won't stop talking about what it took to get here. Because there's some people around here that may not always understand why are we praying so much. And you got to tell them we wouldn't be here if we hadn't prayed so much. There may be some people that say, does it really take all of this praise? And you got to tell them there was a day when we didn't have this. There's people that have been praising for 20 years and they won't stop praising because they know when you stop praising as Bishop Priest last Sunday night, you won't have victory. It's not just go through the motion. It's not religious exercise. It is not hype, and it is not emotion, but it is victory. And there are people that continue to praise because they've got a revelation that we didn't always have this. We didn't always have this liberty that captives could come in and they could be set free. Franklin Roosevelt said this, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy, Forget in time that men have died to win these privileges. You can't just walk into any church in town and feel what you feel in this house. You can't just go to any church in town and find the kind of faith that you find in this house. But it's here because people have literally given their lives to take us to where we're at. It's here because of people like Brother Josh Sturgeon and Sister Carolyn Swartz. And Brother Tim Jones, that were even here last night, probably some 20 years they've been coming through this sanctuary. We've got what we have because there have been some people that have been warring for a long They have laid down their lives for this. They could have been doing other things, obsessed with hobbies, and we're not against hobbies. But when nobody wanted to pray, they said, I'll put my life on the line. When nobody wanted to go behind enemy lines and endure what you've got to endure to go face hell and to take the spoils, they said, we are willing to fight. That's why we've got what we've got today. Because people were willing to lay down their lives. Deuteronomy 6.12, when you have eaten your fill in this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. He said, don't forget, when your life gets better, when you're more blessed than you were before, when it feels easier than it was before, don't forget that I alone am the one that sustains you. Don't forget that I am still your provider. Don't forget that I can take it away as fast as I gave it to you. Don't forget that you still got to rely on me. But the problem was they forgot. The problem was prosperity got to them. As Bishop always says, there's a lot of people that can't handle prosperity. We cannot forget. As God continues to bless, as it gets better and better, we cannot forget. Can I plead with somebody in this house today who maybe is not as on fire as you once were? Or as on fire as you could be. And can I tell you, do not forget where God has brought you from. Don't forget that he brought you out of hell. Can I tell a parent that you've got to keep fighting. Because though you came out of hell, there's a devil that wants your children. And you've got to keep fighting that they stay out. I'll say it again. It's not automatically passed in the bloodstream. You've got to keep fighting so that they can continue to be free. 
Can I tell some young people in this house, you haven't always known the pains of sin that some of your parents have known. Can I tell some of you, you haven't always known what it means to be enslaved to sin. We were all born in sin, but some of your parents were enslaved in a sin that you don't want to know anything about. Can I tell you that freedom is something that you do not ever want to give up? Can I tell you you've been raised in freedom? Maybe you were raised in an apostolic home, but you don't want to know this life without freedom. Can I tell you not to surrender what they are trying to pass down to you? You may not remember Remember that there were some nights that your mom could have died of a drug overdose. Can I tell you there were some nights that one of your parents might have ended up in jail and been gone. Can I tell you there was a time when drug dealers were hanging around the family and it was only by the grace of God that kept bullets from flying through your home and taking you out. Can I tell you there was a time when the freedom that's in your family wasn't there but your parents fought hell. Your parents yoked up with almighty God and they were able to come out of slavery to sin. Don't surrender the freedom that you have been given. Don't walk out of this house of freedom into a world of sin that will enslave you. God delivered your family. Don't forget it. Theodore Roosevelt said never throughout history has a man who lived a life of ease left a name worth remembering. This was not meant to be easy. If your life is going to matter, it it isn't going to matter by you just coasting. It isn't going to matter by you just living for God at ease. Showing up and going through the motions. If you're going to leave something worth remembering, you're going to have to fight. On August 27th, 1776, George Washington addressed his soldiers before the Battle of Long Island. This was the first major battle after America declared her independence. And he said this, The time is now near at hand, which must probably determine whether Americans are to be free men or slaves. The fate of unborn millions will now depend under God On the courage and conduct of this army. Our cruel and unrelenting enemy leaves us only the choice of brave resistance or the most abject submission. We have, therefore, to resolve to conquer or die. And in America, we are now part of those unborn millions whose lives are indescribably different because of the soldiers who resolved to conquer, who resolved to say we will not be slaves, who resolved to say we will fight for independence. We are a different nation because generations resolved to continue to preserve and to continue to conquer. And if today's generation doesn't have that same resolve, America will die. But I want to talk about some spiritual resolve here for just a minute. I want to talk about Christ who resolved to conquer. Who prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed as much as he had to pray to do the will of God. Who forgave and forgave forgave and forgave and forgave and forgave again so that he could do the will of God and captives could go free. I want to talk about the apostles that resolved to conquer the people of faith that said, we're not going to die. We're not going to surrender. I want to talk about the early church that resolved to conquer. Previous generations of apostolics that resolved to conquer A man and a woman that 21 years ago walked in here with three small children and joined together with a small group of people and said, we will be resolved to conquer. A church that for now some 21 years has been resolved to conquer every stronghold and every devil 
that can stand in the way of every person in this area going free. Untold amounts of souls are depending on the courage and the conduct of this army and this house today. We don't believe in fate. We believe in faith. And I believe that every man has a choice. But you better believe that the church and what they do does absolutely open blinded eyes. It creates the atmosphere for liberty to abound. It sets the captives free from the chains that they are in. And today, I am not content with my freedom. Today, I will not be content until every last soul in this metro has the opportunity to go free. We give to the faith promise because souls around this world are not yet free. We continue to plant churches in this city because there are souls that are not yet free. And a cluster of colonies said, we are resolved to conquer. And now you look at this great country. Right now, we're just a cluster of campuses. But if we will resolve to conquer, the vision will come to pass. We will be 10,000 and beyond. There will be 50 campuses across this metro. I'm thankful for a bishop that was resolved to conquer and say we will not just be a one-color church, but we're not done yet. Pastor Jackson, lately I just can't get a Spanish harvest off of my mind and out of my spirit because they're out there, because I've come across to them, and I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if there will be a Spanish church. I don't know what the ministry is going to look like, but there's something in me that says I'm not just content with white and black and a little bit of this and a little bit of that but I want every color to be a part of this church I want every man to go free I want every community and every block of people to know what we know to have what we have to feel what we feel but we've got to be resolved to conquer We've got to be resolved to conquer to say we will not be denied. We've got to be resolved to conquer. And I'm thankful for the message, Bishop Priest, Thursday night. My word, if you didn't see it, go watch it. Talking about going back into Jeff. Because there's a resolve to conquer. There's a resolve that says it doesn't matter how many things that we have faced. And I'm done. You can go ahead and stand. It doesn't matter how many things that we have faced. We are not going to die we are not going to let the unborn souls there's some unborn souls generations that are coming that are unborn but yea even unborn souls that have never been born again of the water and the spirit people that have never been baptized people that have never been filled with the gift of the holy ghost they're waiting on the conduct and the courage of this army They're waiting on a group of people to say we are resolved to conquer. We're going to pray, and 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 we're going to door knock, and we're going to door knock, and we're going to door knock. Come on. We need some people to continue to remind the current generation you've got to knock doors. And don't just wait for the church to call it. You can do it yourself. We've got to go out there. We've got to take initiative. There's got to be some soldiers that say, I've been trained to know how to fight. I've been trained to know how to go forth and to pull people from a burning hell. I'm going out and I'm going to do it. And today, maybe there's an individual that needs to resolve to conquer. Because if you don't resolve to conquer, you'll compromise. If you don't resolve to be saved, you will not be saved. You're not going to make it to heaven by accident. There's got to be a resolve in you that says, I will be saved. I will be saved. There's got to be something in you that says, I will do whatever it takes. There will be no excuses. I won't let a single excuse keep me out of heaven. But there is a resolve in me. We've got to have some people In this church, maybe even this morning, that may be teetering, that you may be under attack, and you may still have 
that chance that the enemy can get a hold of you. And really, until any of us pass from this life, there's a chance he can get you. But some people that say today, I am resolved to conquer. I am resolved to make sure that I please God, that I do everything that it takes to be exactly in his will. So right now, I want to invite us forward down to this front for just a few minutes. We don't need a lot of height. We don't need to be swinging from the ceiling or running on the tops of the pew chairs. But right now, somebody can make a firm resolve in your spirit. Right now, would you just begin to pray? Right now, would you let something fresh settle on you? Come on, I know we're going to have a great event tonight. But over the next few minutes in this altar call, God is looking to put a firm resolve in somebody. God is looking to stir somebody up. Lord, right now, would you stir us? Would you stir us up? Come on, can you pray? Can you pray on a memorial Sunday morning? Can you not sleepwalk through the next few minutes? And can you say, God, I'm ready to go to war. God, I'm ready to battle for the unborn. God, I am ready to go forth. I'm ready to put on the whole armor of God and to begin to charge hell. Come on, can you surrender to the Lord right now? God, we surrender to you. Lord, we need you. Lord, we've got to have you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Just you and God. We're resolved to conquer. Let something fresh settle on us, God. Let a fresh burden settle on us. Let fresh courage settle on us. The hour calls for courage. We cannot wait, Lord. We cannot delay, oh God. Come on, that's it. I know there's no singing, but would you pray? Would you pray? We're not going to sing, but would you pray here for just a minute? Somebody needs this. We need this. Can you think about the lost souls across this metro this morning? Can you see them behind enemy lines? Can you see them bound? Can you see the gates of hell holding them captive? Can you see the spirits of hell holding them in chains? And can you make a firm resolve that you're going after them? Can you make a firm resolve that you're going to fight until your family goes free? Resolve to conquer. Resolve to go to another level in God. Resolve not to stay where I'm at. Resolve to be anointed. Resolve to be the conduit that he's called me to be. Resolve to let ministry flow out of you. That's it. Just a couple more minutes. Would you just press? Would you pray for our city right now? Would you pray for our city right now? Lord, let captives go free right now. All across this metro, we war right now, God. We make a firm commitment that we're not going to leave them behind. That we're not going to stop being radical, Lord, because every service matters. That we're not going to sleep well at night until we know that every last soul has had the opportunity to be saved, oh God. It's been 20 years of war, but we're just getting started. It's been 20 years of conquering, but we're just getting started. We're going after every stronghold that remains. We're going after every devil that still fights. In this generation, we'll be a warring generation. In this last hour, we'll be a warring church.
Lord, we're ready. Lord, we're ready. Send us. Lord, we're ready to go. We're ready to go and fight. Would you just praise him here for just a minute for what he's going to do? Come on, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice and say, we're going to see it. We're going to see revival. We're going to see harvest. We're going to see the prison doors opened up. We're going to see holiness run through the streets. We're going to see a revelation of one God run through the streets. We're going to see a revelation of baptism in Jesus' name run through the streets. We're going to see the gift of the Holy Ghost fall like never before all across this metro in every neighborhood, on every street. We're going to see cloven tongues like as a fire. Come on, homes, that it's not yet come on. Day by day, you've got to have that same resolve. Day by day, it's about plowing. It's about enduring. There was another quote that said something to the effect of, here men endured so that a nation might live. Let it be said of us that here men endured so that a city might live. Here men plowed week after week, service after service. Every time we come in here, we're standing guard. Every time we come in here, we are fighting for another lost soul that has not yet been set free. Every day that we endure, it means something. Every day that we push, every time somebody comes through this sanctuary, we are enduring and we are fighting. Day and night, people are coming through this sanctuary because they say there's still men that aren't free. Because they say we've got to protect what we have. That we can never surrender. Resolved to conquer. I'm thankful for a church that I believe is resolved to conquer. I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. And we're not going to forget what it's taken to have what we have. And we're going to keep.